Fresh Air Production. Hello, welcome to this Twitter Spaces session, which we've called Fresh Ears, a useful guide to Twitter Spaces. I'm Neil Cowling, the founder of Fresh Air Production, and we are the UK's leading producer of podcasts for brands. For those who don't know, Fresh Ears is our own podcast series where we aim to glean what we can about how to make great branded podcasts with our clients and producers. This one, though, is a bit different because we're using this conversation to explore the magic of Twitter Spaces. And as such, this is being live streamed on Twitter Spaces, which we think is rather clever. Towards the end of last year, we started to experiment with the platform and we hosted a session with one of our clients, Huawei, working out the tech side as well as seeing how it worked for social and promoting the podcast. So we figured out it might be fun to use one of these episodes to explore Twitter spaces in more detail rather than just making it up as we went along. We want to find out how it works, how to do it properly, how brands in particular can benefit. So here we are. Welcome to our little studio in Tarliard, which is our new home in North London. And I'm joined very happily by Julia White, who's the Senior Partnerships Manager at Twitter. Hi, Julia. Hello. Thanks for having me. What does that mean you do at Twitter? So I work on the Content Partnerships team in London, and I work with all the kind of most premium content partners, mainly in the lifestyle space. So the likes of Condé Nast, Hearst, Bauer, British Fashion Council. And what I'm really trying to do is help them reach their both organic and commercial goals on the platform. So it's a lot of fun. Sounds great. Also joined by Richard Blake, who is the Director of Marketing and Growth here at Fresh Air. What on earth does that mean you do? Hello. Hello, everybody. Well, this is exciting, isn't it? I am Director of Marketing and Growth, as you say, and that is all about making our podcast more successful. So I work with all our brands that we work with to yeah, help them achieve their goals. And I help set their goals and I help make the podcast as brilliant as they can be. And it's a lot of fun. And that's kind of what led to this, isn't it? Because obviously we are looking to lead the understanding of how you promote a podcast, but also how podcasts will evolve and how it changes how they work. And I think your exploration into this and also the demand that came from our clients led us to have a play. So Julia, you, as you say, you you work with premium brands, so you really understand how the brands might interact with Twitter's products. How about starting? I know everybody who's listening to this is already using Twitter Spaces to an extent, but can you just, let's go from the basics. What is Twitter Spaces? What's it for? So Twitter Spaces is our new audio product. The idea really is to bring those tweets to life, those communities, those passion points that are already, you know, really established on Twitter. Sometimes a tweet won't quite convey the full emotion of that conversation. And we think there's a real power and depth around the voice. And so it feels like the obvious next step to kind of elevate those conversations. So it's a brand new product on the platform. Anyone can go live. Anyone can join. So it's a really great open conversation. Because of the fact that it's live, it can take different directions. It's got that um, that air of excitement about it and it can be really led by the community. 
And can you just go through the, almost the, the nuts and bolts of how it works? This is the first time I've really sat in front of the dashboard, so to speak, of Twitter Spaces. How do you set one up? How do you get it going? How does it trigger notifications to other people at the same time? So it's pretty intuitive, which is great. You go to set up your space. You want to have a real eye-catching headline and a raison d'etre for people, for it being there and for people joining. You can also plug it in advance through tweets or you can set a reminder for people to tune into your to your space if it's scheduled in advance. Once you're in the space, you will gradually see a visual representation of the people joining your little closed kind of meeting room, this little close-knit meeting room as you can see now. Which is happening yeah, right. it's really, yeah. It's Weird so yeah, so you see their little avatars joining. You can see that you are are hosting and you can bring people to up to the mic. So the power is all yours at this moment. So you can bring <laughs> Don't say that. Don't say that. You can bring up to 10 speakers up at any point and you can also bring tweets into the space. So if you're having a conversation already on the platform or if you've got a hashtag that's doing really well and bringing together a conversation, you can bring that into the space so that to give a bit of added context. And yeah, you can run it for as long as you like. There's no limit on that. And really, here we are doing it live. And we can just, yeah, literally we can keep this going for hours if... If we thought anybody hours and maybe hours. we do like a twenty-four hour last one standing. Yeah, you know. yeah, let's not do that today. But maybe yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna ask this question once and then we'll forget about it. But I think given that a lot of the people from the sort of audio production community will will have this in their heads. Last year there was Clubhouse. It came along, it made a big noise, we all got quite excited about it. It died away quite quickly for various reasons. Why is Twitter Spaces different to Clubhouse? Twitter is very much about what's happening and what's happening right now. People come to Twitter to find out what's happening, to discuss what's happening. And Spaces is kind of an extension of that. So it's those existing communities, those existing conversations, being able to elevate them with that power of audio and kind of extend them into spaces. So we feel that it's a very beautiful fit with the tweets that are, and the conversations that are already happening on the platform. So it's, it's perhaps a bit more like live topical radio than, well, I mean, Clubhouse has sort of descended into being NFTs, you know, conversations. So on that, then, what examples are there of spaces that have worked really well? What's who, Who's using it well? Who's who's really maximising the platform at the moment? So I think we've seen a wide range of really exciting spaces across publishers, brands and just general Twitter. So I think it very much reflects the beauty of the Twitter community in each kind of country. So for for the UK, I'm not that surprised that Bin Space was one of our most... <laughs> yeah, talk to us about that. Talk to about. So I don't know if you generally will see people tweeting about you know oh the best thing about tomorrow is the bins are, the bin collection is happening <laughs> there was a so, lot of confusion over christmas is what day right. bin day was because we, we didn't know have a i yeah. never know when the bin day is it's a rather <laughs> it's a huge problem in my life it's a nice surprise it is a nice <laughs> surprise yeah so uh, one evening, this kind of chat um, went went further and there was a lot of in-depth chat about what day the bin collection is, issues with bin collection, and it went deep. 
as these things can. <laughs> as deep as and, it's been uh, conversation. Yeah, it, it lasted well into the evening. I think even until sort of like after party, 1am type thing. Um, and there were environmentalists getting involved. There were local politicians joining. Brands were joining to have their say. So it was completely spontaneous and um, it really took on a life of its own. And we, I think that's a real example of how UK Twitter can be so creative and powerful. So that's very, that's one example. Is that, is that, is that brand driven at all? Not brand driven at all. Brands obviously can respond and get involved at these points. And I'd always urge brands to look out for those moments where they can engage with something that they might be you know, able to have a view on or that's a brilliant use of brand strategy. Um, I can imagine, for instance, you know, the Weetabix, Weetabix and Beans thing from last year. Exactly. I, I can, I, yeah, I can imagine that expanding into a conversation of uh, on Twitter spaces one way or the other. I mean, it would be a weird one, but... <laughs> Definitely potential. So we have bin space, which we loved. Um, we also had slightly more glamorous or perhaps not. We had a sort of global open karaoke, which was called Sing Your Dialect, which kicked off by a guy called Jacob McLaughlin in Manchester. And he he just basically had people stepping up to the mic and belting out in some circumstances brilliantly and some terribly their <laughs> like karaoke song. And it went on. And the great thing about it is I was doing the washing up and I'm listening. Then I'm brushing my teeth a bit later and I'm still listening. Yeah. It's very easy to kind of tap into and you can step up to the mic. You know, you don't have to be in a studio or nicely dressed. You can just participate. There's there's a very low barrier to kind of entry. I think that's the brilliant thing about this, isn't it? It feels really active. It feels like you can just really get involved in a really easy way. And I mean, what we love about audio is it's so personal. It can really transport you into a place. But just that really uh, being able to actively engage in a conversation rather than doom scrolling for your phone is is really exciting and um, I think can really you know bring the best of Twitter into the audio space I think it sounds really exciting to me you mentioned earlier you know you spend your time working with premium brands are they alert to this I mean you're making them alert to it I'm sure but how are they seeing that this could bring them opportunities so we've had some brilliant examples. I worked with Dazed Magazine and they really early on wanted to do something cool as we came out of lockdown, one of the lockdowns. And they did a kind of back to life, back to London space where they were celebrating what they were um, looking forward to about getting back to the city. And Sadiq Khan popped by, which is so nice, like such a cool use of it. You know, it was lunchtime, so you're making your boring hummus wrap in your kitchen <laughs> and then Sadiq Khan's in there um, and it just feels very personal and in kind of it, he's suddenly there in your kitchen and it's live. So that was great. We had some really great Gay Times, who I work with, did a brilliant series across Pride Month. So it's nice if you're connecting to an existing moment. And they celebrated Pride Heroes and they had a series across each evening. So that was a really nice way of kind of a, a continual tune-in aspect. And we've seen some brilliant stuff. So we saw BBC Three do a kind of drag race reunion, reunion where they oh, got wow. the queens together back in the space. They had all sorts of kind of um, top talent tuning in. And so it's really great if you've got an armory of kind of talent, influencers, 
people who've got interesting things to say, bringing them together and kind of as an extension of your brand. That's what we're seeing with publishers. Um, the likes, you know, they, they are already doing great stuff with the, with this talent in other formats and it's bringing them in to the audio space on the platform. I can see it working really well with like fan events and things like that. If you've got kind of like that really passionate community around a particular thing and then getting the fans in to talk to, you know, the, the film stars. I, I think Edgar Wright did something, didn't he? Exactly, with Universal. So Universal saw it as an opportunity and one of the, the kind of ways we sort of say is about bringing that community closer. So if you've got something where you can give them exclusive access to talent to a director um, and like tapping into that fan base whether it's a an after party or a um, sneak preview event I think those kind of moments if you've brands with that kind of great content and access to talent is brilliant it's a real amplification of that feeling that you if if a celebrity you love or a brand you love tweets you back it's a great feeling to suddenly have spoken to somebody that you wouldn't have otherwise been able to engage with and being able to talk to them is a it's another level isn't it exactly it's that open network and and rich so thinking from our point of view of of in the podcasting world how do you think it works from that point of view how do you think it dovetails with traditional podcasting first thing this is really good fun. I mean, <laughs> it's really I'm fun. actually really enjoying myself. I've been on a few podcasts now, uh, but um, this idea of feeling like you're in a kind of a live environment is is incredibly exciting, incredibly exciting for, for brands and for some of the people we work with to get really properly engaged with the people who are guests of the podcast or who are part of the community. And I think that's the other thing for me is about community. The best podcasts and the and our favourite podcasts are the ones who really build that community around their content. I've lost count of the amount of people who've been talking and recommending podcasts to me recently. There's a real feeling of community around particular things, so that making that community come alive in a live environment and also in a really simple setup. I mean, you know, we got here probably about 15 minutes before we were supposed to go live and that sense of like, you know, it was a really easy setup. It was really straightforward and that allows it to be really frequent. And one of the other things we do quite a lot is to make sure that people are releasing content really frequently to build that momentum up, to build that audience up and to um, and to keep talking to their audience. I think the other thing about the increasingly kind of non-linear world is that you're listening to that podcast when you want to, but you're not necessarily listening to it in sync with other people as you would sort of with live radio. So I guess with something, for example, I just chained Sweet Bobby and um, what I would have loved was a chance to at the end of it I was like is anyone finished is anyone finished like on all of my whatsapps because I really wanted to discuss there and then so I think it's a nice thing to have a moment where all your fans and the community are together in a world where we're so we're listening at such separate and you know, personally defined times. Yeah, we're recommending at the moment that we kind of like test a live seat, like a live Twitter spaces, uh, kind of like two thirds to near the end of a, a series. Because again, it brings a kind of sense of momentum around a particular podcast and people would have built an audience up and a, and a love of uh, the content we create. It's a great opportunity. We're doing this live, obviously, on Twitter Spaces, but we're also recording it in order to put it out as a podcast episode afterwards. I know that's not necessarily, that's not a sort of prime function of Twitter Spaces, but it's a it's an option, particularly for the, those of us who have the, the kit sat around <laughs> and can do it, then it's, it's a really nice option to, um, to, to integrate that as part of the series. 
what things should people watch out for, Judy? Are there, are there things that, they're sort of common mistakes that are made on Twitter spaces? I think just keeping really up to date because the technology is moving so fast. So keep, follow Twitter spaces on Twitter and they will keep you up to date. So for example, the recording function, the schedule function to go live. We're constantly uh, making changes to the accessibility, so captions and making sure that the discoverability of the the spaces are improved constantly. You can now co-host with, so up to three different people can kind of co-host and you can you can share that hosting responsibility between you so I think it's keeping keeping a real eye on on the way that you can make it even better and stay up to date um, you want to have you know as good a sound as possible but equally you want the idea that anybody can you know there's definitely sort of total allowance for a free-for-all of wherever you are if you are in the bathroom brushing your teeth and that you can tune in and have your say and obviously just making sure your your connection is stable so that it all runs really smoothly but yeah I think just making sure that you're on top of all the changes because we're constantly working on it. And we've set this up again because you know we're we're a geeky audio production company we're sat here in a studio we're on the same place we're sat looking at each other whereas in many ways that's not what twitter space is set up for is it really i mean we're kind of cheating here having (laughs) eye contact we really should be in completely different places does that take sort of professionalizing it like this does do you think that take takes anything away from the idea I don't think so as long as you are open to the the rest of the room so we can obviously see the other people that are that are hanging out in the space with us as long as you're able to kind of adapt to bring them in if you want um, to kind of go with the conversation I think that live element is still captured and it's very sort of swanky and nice to kind of uh, do it this way but equally it can go spaces can take different forms they could be tiny intimate groups they can be huge masses of people global so that i think it can move in different directions so if i was a and i i suppose i am a marketer and a brand what's my sort of best approach in terms of if i was going to do a space could i use my budget to amplify it and to make sure that the event that i want to do you know reaches hundreds of hundreds you know potentially thousands of people are there sort of like some paid things that I can do tactical things I can do to to help grow my space yes for sure I mean first of all I would think about what you're doing the space around so I think for brands one really key thing is is around a a big moment either the brand's own moment and making it a really strong standout moment through a space or tapping into a moment that's already existing, like an International Women's Day or an Olympics, something where you know there's a huge spike um, and your brand has something to say in that in that kind of space. So knowing that it's you know you know doing it around the right moment, and then once you've decided and committed to that, yes, you can put social budget behind it. Absolutely, we always suggest a kind of real um, ahead of the event, really sort of giving a real flag that it's coming, and 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 you can boost that tweet or those tweets boosting the actual space tweet and then again anything that's coming out of the back of it whether it's breaking news something that you've really you know you'll just hold this the special the fans in that room but then again extending that content on the other side of the of the space and using promotion throughout i think it's one of the one of the synergies with podcasting that i think is really strong is that particularly what we do with branded podcasting is we're we work for brands we are not producing podcasts that are 
going to be number one in the iTunes charts necessarily. We're creating content that is really tightly targeted to a, a specific niche of people who have a common interest. And that might be very small. It might be robots in, in one series we make, or it might be investing in ocean finance in another podcast that we make. So it's, it's quite niche. But again, building that community, being able to tweet people who follow that account. So they're kind of, you sort of know they're interested before oh. you've started. Absolutely. And also with our Twitter targeting in terms of the ads dashboard, you can choose those people themselves. So you can actually put paid budget behind finding those people if they haven't already found you. Amazing. So that's that's also very useful. And that just enhances that, again, that feeling of community, that feeling of people talking about a subject they love. Um, I just wanted to talk back to Rich for a second because I was thinking about, um, you mentioned where it might sit in a series and we've had a conversation with a client just this morning about doing a live event to finish off a series but to both of you maybe you know the the, you you could insert that as a a debate halfway through you could have a kind of cliffhanger and a drama that you don't quite know you know it could finish as a as a twitter space it could be uh, a response to breaking news for instance you know we do bonus episodes of podcasts a lot that we sort of almost have the bonus episode there as a reserve to be able to respond to something. And, and where could it fit in any of those places? Or, or, is yeah, there an ideal absolutely. Place to absolutely. I think for me, key is, I mean, Twitter's all about topicality. So for me, that's that's the best bit is around yeah. trying to kind of, you know, create something really flexibly quite quickly around a moment, around something that's happening right now. I'd also say what I love about podcasts and what I love about audio is that emotion, that depth uh, you can bring to a subject and that kind of, you know, depth of audience engagement. It's so, you know, the attention behind audio is so much different compared to your phone or watching a video. So I think for me, it's about, yeah, bringing that community together and having that real depth of um, emotional engagement. At Twitter, we talk a lot about launch and connect. And using Twitter for that when you're looking at your brand. So you're either, it's either a launch moment and you might have, so I think that's very much in sync with kind of, you're going to let everybody know this series is here. Mm. And through that, and create that launch moment for your for yourself through interesting influencers or a topic that you know there's being talked about, the real reason behind the podcast. And then connect, which is about connecting with what's already been talking about, what's happening. So you could see it like that. You could have a real launch moment. You've created the launch moment for that specific brand, that specific podcast. Um, you know that the, the interest is already there. And then a bit later, you connect either with um, the discussions that are going on on social, or on reviews of the podcast, or like you say, a news event that's happening that may tap into that interest area of the podcast and you kind of feed into that too. So you could kind of pre-plan that, couldn't you? It doesn't have to be topical and reactive in a way. If you've got a a sort of pillar of your story, if you've got a 12-part podcast, you've got a pillar of your story that happens to be at episode seven, then you could plan a Twitter spaces that you know is going to land around that time that capitalises on on that narrative. Yeah, we've had loads of times when we've thought about that haven't we of kind of like oh we're going to peg this episode around a particular anniversary or a particular moment um so yeah it could work really well for that kind of thing brands and publishers was my other thought in in terms of sort of differences between how they work um and how they use podcasting differently and probably use this space differently as well 
So I think that publishers is very much about tapping into the content they already have. So they're very content focused. Their content is their um, product, basically. So with I think they they are free to sort of be very creative and um, pull on that kind of um, that community and that content they're already creating. And actually, one of the things talking about kind of brands and publishers, one of the things that I do is bring together sponsorships. So it will be a brand whose kind of campaign and ethos really aligns with a certain publisher they would want to align with that content. So we're working on what we call sponsored spaces where um, a brand would be able to have some form of inclusion, whether they could bring an expert from their brand to the um, to the mic um, and, you know, be part of that conversation, whether they have a simple um, their handle is included in the tweet, whether they're part of the title of the of the podcast. So we're sort of seeing an overlap there, which is quite nice. So brands don't necessarily have to create their own content if they're feeling like they want to that it might work better to kind of work with a publisher. I was going to say, because there's a risk with any content, isn't there, of it just being clunky and sounding like a big advert. Are there any watch outs for that for brands who want to get involved in here? I think it's about being led by the publisher. So when we work with with our publishers, we have a very clear steer from them that this is an editorial, this is being run by the editorial team, and it's about their editorial sort of decision making. And they will often be very smart, very clear about where that that line is um so we definitely wouldn't want to over kind of populate with brand signaling but i think there's a subtle way of doing it and also it's about relevance so it's about an understanding that that brand fit does work and they're, they're going after the same audience and the same um sort of campaign yeah we're definitely um we're doing that a lot already so i think it fits perfectly here and that's frankly the same conversation we have with it with all our clients as well because there's no point in creating a podcast that sounds like a big advert you you don't want to wade in too heavily so richard just uh reflecting on the experience that we had with huawei uh as our sort of first branded piece we actually got people in in separate rooms for that so the well the technical quality was sound was actually wasn't actually where we are now how did the brand make use of that and uh what was their reaction to doing it have have we have we got a customer there who's already massively excited about working in twitter spaces i'd I'd definitely say so i think um person we're talking about is very um tech savvy he loves a gadget so he was always up for something trying something new i think what i always talk to everyone about is about testing and learning we just have to do it, learn from what you're going to do and then move on and build on what you're doing. I think that would be my advice to everybody. They were, I think they were really pleased. I think they got about probably about 50 or 60 people tuning into the spaces live and then they turned it into a, um, a podcast as well, which then they broadcast out. Um, the podcast we talk about is called The Tech Podcast and it's very what's happening now, all the great inventions that are happening straight away. So it really fitted in with the subject of the podcast and uh, it was just a great thing to play with, I think. And that's something that I would encourage anyone to do is just have a play, have a really good play because you'll learn some stuff and and before you know it, um, it'll be a core part of your um, content strategy. And we're enjoying it as well, aren't we, frankly? It's fun from from our point of view. It's, it's fun to have this toy to play with and to encourage brands to use julie just to wrap up then any more tips for for brands in particular and marketers in particular about why this is a a great tool to use 
I think that these days customers expect to hear from brands. So they don't just want a silent brand and they want their brands to be more sort of fully formed than that. So to that end, I think it's the perfect way to really participate in those conversations that you might be having already. P&G in the US did a really great kind of discussion about diversity in film. It's part, it was a campaign they were part of anyway, and they brought some really interesting speakers to the table. And I think it's about not being afraid to kind of be leading those discussions as a brand and having that brand voice, but make sure making sure it's really authentic, that it's planned really well, that you've got great kind of influencers from your network who are ready to come and speak in that moment I don't think it's going to just happen it needs it does need that real strategy you know of how it's going to run questions you're going to ask but but yeah not being afraid and just kind of bringing yourself that bit closer to your customers just on that on the curating side because I think you know, we we would never go into a conversation like this without having at least talked a bit about what we're going to say and talk to you about what questions we're going to ask and have an idea of a structure. Is that is that still a, a real consideration? That doesn't take away from the authenticity of it. Yeah, obviously we said there are different types. So it's something like senior dialect um, or bin space. But if you're, you know, they can be spontaneous and you can have spontaneity within a brand pre-planned space. But it's about knowing that you knowing how you're going to something small like when you first join it takes a while for um, people to to tune in so not having your kind of best line in the first sentence like having a bit of a preamble to allow people to join having some touch points that you're going to go to having people ready to come to the mic and knowing the direction you're going to take I think that's really helpful and that doesn't make it any less valuable and and uh, Michaela, who's been um, listening in and typing me notes as we've gone through, she's noticed that there's live closed captions on it as well. Yes, exactly. So that's part of our accessibility push. And we're trying to get them better and better. So we're trying to edit them to make them even more accurate. But that's a really big thing for us. Brilliant. We could talk about this for another half an hour. We won't. Uh, but thank you very much. Julia White, Senior Partnerships Manager at Twitter, thank you very much Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Uh, and Richard Blake, Director of Marketing and Growth at Fresh Air, will be in the office in a minute, so I won't say goodbye to you, but um, thank you. Uh, and if you'd like to make a great podcast for your brand, we are Fresh Air Production. Uh, we're at freshairproduction.co.uk. I'm Neil Cowling. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you.